Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I'm your host, Ryan Gerard, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Rick Grunewald. Rick, how are we doing? We're doing pretty well, Ryan. Uh, let me say a uh, big congratulations. You're now a married man. Thank you, sir. Yes, Thank you, sir. That it's been what... a big couple weeks here. Yes, sir. That's what we actually uh, spent uh, doing over this weekend, celebrating your big day. So, uh, you know, from myself and all of our podcast listeners, uh, congratulations, man. Yeah. We got uh, the, I had the CCNA the week before the wedding. I had right. the wedding last weekend and now Anna and I are closing on our house this week. Ryan is about to have all this weight lifted off his shoulder and now his life will be dedicated 110% to just training for specific cycling related events. Am I right? Yep. Am I right? I'm going to be 100% training. Anna will be 100% supporting me on That's, that. Yes, sir. Uh, holding my bottles, um, making my food. Don't forget massages. Yeah, massages. You know? That's uh, right. You know, once she signed the dotted line of the marriage certificate, I mean, that's essentially what she signed up for. Yeah, so. you know, for better or worse, recovery weeks or building weeks, you know, it's it's all in the it's all in the documentation. It's all in the documentation. Yeah. I had my lawyer write it up. Perfect. Uh, I don't think she knew what she was signing, but right. it's it's a legal thing now. Yeah, that's what you sign up for when you uh when you potentially get into a relationship with some kind of uh, cycling endurance athlete. You know, you got to be there for them. Uh, you know, when they're put into those big training weeks and they might need a little extra support, right? And then vice versa, you know, Anna's an athlete as well. You know, maybe, uh, you know, she's going to have to get some massages and, uh, you know, some recovery from you, right? Yeah. So. I actually really want to get, if you want to talk about this before we get started, oh, yeah, yeah. I really want to get Normatec boots. Oh, now you're on the Normatec kit. You know, the yes. funny thing is, is I still don't think they actually do anything for you. Like, let me stop you right there. Let me they don't right make there. you better, but they make you feel that. really good. But- and that's enough for me. Isn't that, but okay. So there's this big, I think there's been kind of a debate. People get really hung up in the science of like, do they help? Don't they help? I think there's like two things going on here. So I guess apparently there has been, I'm not going to cite studies. We don't do that on this we podcast. Don't do that we don't do that. But I, I have heard through other podcasts that there actually is some science that the compression does aid recovery without inhibiting adaptation of the muscles. I think that's probably uh, maybe a small portion of why they're helpful. In my mind, with the Normatec boots, just like feeling good is enough, right? Have you ever had like a big training day, training week, whatever, and you go to bed at night and you honestly don't get that great of sleep? You don't sleep well because you hurt. Your legs are so trashed and you think in your head, dude, I'm so tired. I'm just going to fall asleep. I'm going to like put my head against the pillow. I'm going to pass out. But you're just kind of like wrestling with your with your legs because they're just like super sore. That's where I think those recovery boots really aid is they just get you in a good mindset. They relax you. You know, there's a big like nervous system part of it too, right? Just like moving all that waste out of your legs or whatever, doing whatever with it, right? So that's what I think is like the most beneficial part of Normatex. And I've uh, used them before. Yeah, so I will I've test. used them before too. Um, and one thing especially that will be beneficial is when I have big training weeks, so the I, I would say, I'm going to preface this first. For triathlon, the number one thing you can buy that is probably the best piece of equipment is nice shoes. Um, oh, yeah. I get, I've had zero, I, I, no, I shouldn't say that. I've had one running injury and it, it was when I was like doing like two or three track sessions a week. It was not shoe related. It was not shoe re- no. related. It was just, I was pushing my body too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so I've had zero like shin splints or knee issues. That's typically what you get from running too much is just the impact. Right. So I have really good shoes. But when I 
the my hips when when i start like really training running yeah i get like my my muscles in my hips start to kind of inflame yeah and it's not really something i got from biking it's just like you're using those muscles in your hips that you don't use for anything else and so it actually like kind of pinches a nerve when those kind of get inflamed mm-hmm. and then it kind of starts to hurt just because it's kind of pinching a nerve i don't know if it's just me or not mm-hmm. But that happens to me, and I think the Normatec boots will really help to just, like, alleviate, like, the inflammation from yeah. that area and stuff. I'll tell you what you might benefit from as well, too. I saw this. It's funny. This guy, he, like, went on the Joe Rogan podcast and talked about this product called a Sorite, which is a thing that massages your psoas muscles, which are, like, the muscles that are right above your hips, kind of almost, like, into your – not in your stomach. Um, look it up. Google image it. But it's funny because the company – like pulled that clip and just would run ads about it all the time of like this guy talking about it on Joe Rogan. So that's how I found out about this company. But it's, yeah, it's like this cool little like almost uh, circular thing that you basically lay on and you just dig it into your hips. And that, that makes so sense. As muscles. I can see how that would help. Not going to lie. Very expensive. I don't understand why it was so expensive. I want to say it was like $100 or more. I'm sure you can find a knockoff that's way cheaper, but you also might want to try that. And also too, just for like anybody that's, you know, like a cyclist that sits all day at an office job, I'm sure that comes into handy as well because I get tight hips too. And when I should say it's like my glutes. It's probably more so my glutes. I oh, can probably use the same same like, spot though, right? Just yeah, on the, like the opposite side of your glutes is where just, it is. on your posterior chain yeah. instead of your anterior. So yeah, anybody that has like issues in that area, I bet they could. You know, just being like an office employee, you sit all day, right? Even if that's you're probably home. a huge part of it too. Yeah. I'll tell you what, dude, some people go over their mobility routines that they do to keep like healthy and mobile and fresh with having to like sit all day. And then, you know, whether it's running or cycling or swimming afterwards, man, dude, it's like a, it's like a full-time job just following those routines. Like, and I've tried to do it like pretty consistently in, in the past, but the dedication some people have to like keeping their body like fully mobilized and like uh, all the knots worked out is impressive. I don't know if I'll ever be one of those people unless I get to a point where it's like I can't function without doing an hour of stretching and foam rolling and yoga every single day. I'll tell you what, Anna and I always kind of joke about what kind of stuff we want in our forever home when we're, when we're like retired and stuff. Sure, yeah. Uh, And I always say like, I want like every single piece of like Nordic Trek like equipment oh god you know those yeah. like really cool uh treadmills with the big tvs on them the, and then the rowers the, the rowers uh, the bike yeah um because like like the treadmill it's kind of like you you can there's like a subscription or something yeah. and like you can go for like a walk of like a tour through like temples and stuff oh, and they have like a that. guide on the tv you're, so you're like you're walking through yeah. like temples and stuff and i was like if i'm like 65 wake up in the morning go get my like treadmill walk on through a temple like a guided tour temple or jump on the rowing machine you're you're gonna be that like 65 year old guy that has like the craziest fitness routine as a 65 year old guy like going to have this like immaculately tan skin that's completely wrinkled from like all the sunlight of like the, <laughs> the running miles and the cycling miles and like completely white hair everybody's seen those people before you oh, know they're, they're then- their physique is good skin and hair not looking so good and then right i get i get off the treadmill from you know my my tour through uh 
you know, some temple or you in, know, in VR, or in VR, in VR, by yeah, we'll be in VR, by we'll be then. in VR, yes. uh, and then jump into the sauna that's right in the gym. An infrared sauna. I want to get a sauna at some I, point in my life. One of our friends did inform us that you can buy saunas at They're Costco. Like two grand, apparently. Honestly, if you're going to spend $1,500, it's not that much anymore. It used to be. If you're going to spend like over $1,000 on Normatec boots, a $2,000 sauna is well worth the investment. Like it's And like when you're old, a sauna is so good for you. Oh, it's so good. You can either live in Florida or you can buy a sauna. You pick one. Yeah, exactly. You pick one. You yeah. got to do one or the other. So, yeah, I mean, you got to, I like how you're planning for the next like 40 years. Like you've got this mapped out pretty well, uh, you know, next week and then 40 you know, I years figure, down the road. I figure destroy your body, you know, through physical activity. Yeah. And then when you're retired, you can just focus on just keeping the body nimble. Don't you ever find it funny how you talk to people that are, that are not into cycling or any kind of endurance sport or even like really sports in general? And you tell them about like, oh, I did this over the weekend and I did that. And I usually do this much, you know, like whatever it's riding or training a week. And they're like, oh, you must be like so healthy. And in your mind, you're like, no, I'm just like so broken. (laughs) (laughs) My body is just like aching constantly. Like, cause you know, it's just like, it's hard on your body. Right. But it's funny that like the perception is, you know, somebody that like rides a bike 20 hours a week is like the pinnacle of health. And then it's like, in reality, it's, it's like, like, actually my, bones. my back constantly you know, hurts. They're like, they weigh yes. too, they weigh too little. If I fall off my bike, I will break a collarbone. Your it knees hurt, your back hurts, your yeah. neck hurts. You spend like $10,000 a year on physical therapy, but yeah. it's fun. You're in the sun too much, so you're just worrying about mel- mel- melanoma. melanoma. Yeah, you know, you get, you get those people that ride outside and they have like the sun sleeves on and the giant like, uh, like... You know, it's 90 degrees and they've got these like white sleeves on their arms. I don't know how you do. How do you not get a heat stroke? It's impressive. I would. I mean, but I I don't understand it. I think they stay pretty cool somehow. Somehow. Some people are like, yeah, dude, I'd rather get heat stroke than melanoma. I mean, I guess until you pass out on a road and get ran over, right? I'd rather get melanoma. (laughs) (laughs) What's melanoma again? That's like the... um, cancer you get from like the sun Being outside on your much. skin it's like skin cancer oh okay yeah all right maybe i don't want that then I'll take it's actually it. apparently so again we don't cite studies here but apparently it's more common to get melanoma in like wisconsin or in the midwest than it is in florida for sure because people in florida are so like i have to put on sunscreen i live in florida i think and people just, in wisconsin are just like i went i live in wisconsin i don't need sunscreen i think people in florida are just genetically adapted People, the Florida, mind, skin is the leather, Florida mindset is, them. I, we're not letting melanoma slow us down. We're going gator hunting on the weekend. Yeah. And I don't care if, if I kill a sun. gator and wear its skin, I can't get. <laughs> It'll absorb the melanoma. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Dude, I love Florida. It's a fun place. Right. Yeah. The people are great. Um, I hope why, we, I hope why we worry listeners. about melanoma when you have like anacondas to worry about. Ah, that's true. You know, and that's hopefully true. when you, you go on a walk with your dog, alligator doesn't jump out at you yeah well and we're just talking about northern florida i think or southern or or no northern or central you know southern florida they just don't care it's like you know you see those people walking around that are age 20 years by the sun but they're <laughs> tan and hot so it's okay they're tan and hot who cares that's right who cares all right ryan well we were gonna talk about oh one thing i was gonna talk about? talk about right before oh, we yeah, were yeah. gonna move I on uh you know 
as exciting as everything has been these last three weeks, mm-hmm. I have put training on the back burner. But not not off the back burner. Not off. It's on the back burner. It's on the back burner. Which is good. I'm, That's good. I'm proud of you. I'm you didn't just, let it fall yeah. off. I'm now easing back into it. I actually had a really big week last week knowing that I'd have right. like four days off from the wedding um, and just like annihilated my body. Like Thursday came around and mm-hmm. like I... I was obliterated. You, I didn't say this. You told us that you were doing this. And I was, I kept it to myself, but in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I don't know if Ryan knows how like, stressful a wedding weekend is. I don't know if he's going to have very much fun if he just it wasn't like, that stressful. physically obliterated going into it, but I'm glad that it worked out and that that didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it ended up not being that stressful. Uh, I mean, Anna took care of mostly everything. I will yeah, say. True. Yeah. Uh, it went great. Wedding went great. Yeah. Um, we just got back some of our pictures and they are absolutely incredible nice you had you good know? lighting that day we had really good really lighting because it was like overcast. Li- yeah, it was like overcast but still yes. like the sun was peeking out perfect um yeah so it wasn't really too stressful uh but yeah i took four days off in a row after pretty much being off the bike for a week so i was like i can obliterate myself in the course of like five days uh so that's what i did was obliterating myself yeah. that was kind of when like once i start kind of overtraining i get that pressure like the the nerve oh, pain in my yeah, hips right. that's how i know usually that i'm overtraining uh, but i mean come yesterday i i felt great you know right we did a hard like uh just above threshold ride uh today we did uh, an easier run um i jumped in the, the pool again for the first time and like a week and a half so i Solid. pretty much was just like let's just swim for 2000 yards and try to get the feel back that's really that's really it cuz like swimming is all about feel and you you lose it so quick it's like darts feel and, feel and technique yeah it's like darts like if yeah. you play darts a lot you're going to hit everything where you want to hit yeah take a bit of time off from darts you're going to be like okay i got to get back into this it's the same thing yeah. with swimming you got to feel like the water you got to get your technique down you got to get your shoulders used to like, cause it's kind of a weird angle. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost, it kind of almost feels like your shoulders are not supposed to kind of bend that way, not bend, but like use that motion for sure. So you got to get your shoulders back to it. They feel like rusty. So it, like swimming, especially you got, you got to take time to like get back into it. But once you get back into it, you're just like, let's go. So now you're shaking off the rust. You're starting to feel yep. better this week. It's probably going to be a pretty normal week for training, right? You're just gonna uh, be- it's going to be a little bit downed. Just because, you know, we've been packing all week. Uh, This weekend, we'll be focusing on packing. Um, I was going to go for a longer ride Sunday, but it looks like it's going to be raining all day. So Mm. I might do like a longer ride in my new pain cave. Ooh, nice. So that's probably what I'll do on Sunday. Uh, But I'm trying to just maintain good workouts in, you know, efficiency and stuff. Uh, It's not like a full on week. Then after this, I have about six weeks until my first big race. Oh, baby. Um, and pretty much from here on out, it's just going to be race prep. So Yeah, dude. So it's going to be uh, more like race pace focus, high intensity, um, just kind of getting the body used to that that stress. Um, I was talking to you. I might I might jump back on Zwift and start doing some Zwift racing just to get the feel of racing back. Oh yeah, especially like the I want to try probably doing more longer racing, like hour long races, mm-hmm. just Those to are good. Cause just because like Those it's, are great, it's a lot great of workouts. Those yeah, hour-long it's races. a lot of just maintaining high power, uh-huh. and that's what I mean. That's what a triathlon is: is maintaining high power. Maybe you hit a hill where you got to go a little bit over, but I feel like yeah. if anything, the longer Zwift races better. Um, 
simulates like a triathlon than it does like a real bike race. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. And you see a lot of triathletes actually make a very um uh a very successful transition to Zwift racing because a lot of Zwift racing is um kind of sitting at like a high power. You never really have time where you're putting in zeros like where you're coasting. You know, you're pretty much I actually I was talking to somebody about this lately or recently where, you know, like because I, I recently started to do some outdoor rides and we'll get into that. But man, it, it, even though like I, I was feeling pretty good from like doing a lot of riding and racing on Zwift, it's this kind of weird range that you never really break out of. You never go under 200 watts and you never go over 600 watts or close to that when you're doing like a normal race, you know. And of course, you know, these races end in sprint finishes where, you know, it's kind of like whoever can do the highest power for about a minute is probably going to win. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it's a great workout. It's just, you know, you're, you're just putting out a lot of Watts and it's again, because you're not ever doing anything that's like crazy over threshold, unless you're just in in way over your head, you know, you can do a lot of Zwift races I've found and be okay. You know, cause like, like we just mentioned, it's mostly at threshold. You're not doing these like crazy high efforts, like way above your, your VO2 max or at VO2 max. You're just kind of doing overs and unders. That's the difference between that's why I say like uh, it's more like triathlon is because a lot of it is steady state, but like high power steady state where mm-hmm. like a road race or a crit race is a lot of sprint, recover, yeah. sprint, recover, where there's not really recovery in Zwift. There are like sprints, but it's 500 watts yeah. instead of a thousand watts. It's funny too, because I've gone from being really fit, just doing a lot of racing to like do some Zwift racing and I get my doors blown out because I'm not used to just sitting for super long periods of time at threshold, especially during a race season, you know, like as you kind of get close to those events, you start to like pull back on some of that like specific threshold or sweet spot work and you start to kind of favor more like, you know, higher power VO2 anaerobic sprint work. Uh, And then, you know, again, we're going to get into this, but like vice versa now where I've been doing a lot of Zwift racing, which is a lot of threshold work. And then you jump outside to some more dynamic style racing where you got to, you know, like go balls out for a minute. And it's like, dude, I just like, I don't have that gear right now. Like I'm yeah. still working on getting that gear back. It just, I haven't had to use it for now, like six months with all the indoor riding. Sorry if there's cat noises, we got a cat here. A little kitten joined yeah. us for this. Um, but anyways, uh, speaking of getting some outdoor riding in, it's going to transition to our okay. next topic which is group rides. Yes. So I've been doing a little bit of group riding. I did my first group ride in weirdly enough, like a year and a half, you know, cause of COVID and stuff. And let's preface this. I'm probably going to do some shit talking here. Cause I ride inside and like, this is a huge reason why, like, first off, I, I'm not going to say uh, why me, I don't ride outside, yeah. but why I don't do group rides. Me telling Ryan this story that I'm about to share is why Ryan rides like, inside. Yes, it this triggered, is literally why him. I ride inside. It triggered him. Yeah. So, yeah. So, to preface this, like, been doing... So, we, you know, kind of are... We're in the Madison-ish area, and I'm always looking for a good group ride. And we were originally, for a while, kind of in, like, the Milwaukee, Waukesha area. At least I was. And I... I'll say grew up. I didn't grow up, but like I started doing group rides, um, kind of in that area. And I started doing like the dock ride in the, uh, which for anybody that does, that doesn't know, it's a well-known ride in the Dousman in Dousman, uh, kind of outside of like Waukesha in the Milwaukee area. 
and it's a super good ride. It's like a kind of this nice undulating route with a couple smaller hills and it kind of picks up. It's generally like a pretty solid pace line. There's a couple sections where people just throw the hammer down and go really hard. But for the most part, it's a it's a pretty safe ride and it's well yeah. it's well shepherded by people well shepherd. that have been around for a long time. Also, too, it's very different than the Madison area being that Dousman's already out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. So the roads are out in the middle of nowhere. And especially like on a Saturday morning, you don't pass cars. It's very rare to That's like, correct. like you'll, you'll pass, like you'll have maybe five cars pass you the entire ride. That's correct. And everybody does a good job of calling out the cars. You can hear yeah, them. They're safe. It's, it's how a group yeah. ride probably should be. And it's also, it is a ride. So whereas like the people at the front of the group are going absolute ham. Like they are, they are taking poles through their pace lining. You know, if somebody wants to show how strong they are, they'll go to the front of the ride and just throw down 500 Watts and just try to shed people off the back like that. But the, at the same time, you know, they're not really attacking the group. Sometimes people will kind they're of just making it hard. They'll make it hard. Sometimes people will roll off the front, you know, if they're like kind of, if everybody's struggling to hold their wheel and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm just going to like, put the gas on um but again it's it's relatively controlled and it's, it's again pretty safe for the most part generally people do not cross the yellow line it's still in the single lane and like we mentioned before you know there's a group of guys that have been probably doing this ride for some of them maybe 20 plus years that are just you know those like old man strong dudes that like can still throw down with uh with the best of them so that's like what we were used to doing and I've done that probably a little bit more than you have, Ryan. I've only done one, one or two. I thought one. you did at least two. Anyways, I've, I've done, done one. I've done like at least like it didn't go well just because I was actually off the front with another guy who said he knew the route. <laughs> well, he took a wrong turn. That was pretty funny. I, I do remember that day. But I've done like fifteen of those rides, and I because that was my introduction to group riding. Like I was the guy that was kind of new to it. And I did get yelled at, like I got yelled at because I was, uh, putting the, the echelon or like, um, you know, like when there's a crosswind, like I was, uh, kind of echeloning in the wrong direction. I couldn't tell where the wind was from, which to be honest, um, like I it's almost the exact opposite of like what we're about to talk about. <laughs> sure. Cause like, that's like way too far in the other that's, direction. And, of yeah, like, I agree. That's a little bit of a detail. That's like, that's kind of like more of a, a finer detail that I think some people, we're just upset. I don't about think you need to be struggling. yelled about. You don't need to be yelled at for that. Yeah. Like someone who's been at the ride for a long time. Yeah. And just like when you're going back through the group, just be like, Hey man, and, uh, this is how we do it here. Yeah. And maybe you know? yelled at and is like, you respect the rules yeah. of that ride. Yeah. And maybe yelled at is too strong of a word, but you know, if no, people, they yelled at okay, you because I, I saw that. Right, you. And it wasn't yeah. like, Hey man, you know, uh, you're pulling off the wrong way. It was, Hey, you're pulling off the wrong way, you idiot. Yeah, that's true. I did get for like, that one. There were words thrown at. out, and it's just like, yeah. chill out, dude. But no? also at the same time, different people in that ride. Different people. They were they were also like pretty good with helping because they were trying to teach people like, okay, this is how you pull through and Wasn't like much actually pace line. <laughs> that instance was not teaching, but which other, also to be honest, times, this is also why I don't do group rides. Uh, yeah, again. A good group ride is a, a consistent group of guys that are willing to the, work with uh, people that are new to the group. You know what it is? Is uh, the Lagrange group ride, which I did do a few times. I love that group. Yeah, that's that was an awesome group. Yeah. Like, everyone was cool. Uh, there was always one like leader uh, who like everyone knew prior to like, do we have enough? Do we have enough people for two separate rides, an A and a B, sure. or is there not enough people where we're just all going to go together? 
we can go fast at some points, but we're going right. to meet up at like stop signs. You know, I and then everyone's cool. You know, if, yeah. if you push there's, the pace, you're in the A ride. Th- there's different types of rides. There is the drop ride, which most people are accustomed to, which is, hey, we're going to go hard. If you're off the back, you know, sorry, but that's kind of the way it is. There's the super hard ride where we go bonkers in some sections and then we regroup and then we come back together and you have a chance to catch up. And then there's rides that are more, super casual and it's like, yeah, we don't drop you, right? So I have, most people that are doing hard rides are like those first two are one of the two that they're doing. But anyway, so let's get into this a little bit. All so, right, let's get into it. So yeah. So should yeah. we, let, okay, I'm going to call out. So it's this is Ryan well, calling well, out the ride. No, and I'll. I mean, so it's the Madison, it's the the Capital Brewery ride. It's so Capital Brewery ride. Yeah. So this that, was. A, so I, I will preface. I have not been on this ride. Ryan is not. I did it. Um, so I did it a few times in 2019. But I've heard of it. Yeah. So I did it a few times in 2019. That was like my first experience with it. And then I did like the first day that the ride was going on of 2021. And dude, so let me tell you, there's a couple instances in 2019 where I did this ride, and I was I was a little bit sketched out, but I was like, hey, you know, like let's give it a second chance. So I show up to the ride. There's like a pretty solid group. I would say like somewhere in the midst of like 20 up to maybe 30 riders in the A group. That's like really fast. And by no means am I like even in the top 10 of this group. There's like some seriously fast guys that have probably been doing this ride for a long time. Anyways, so the thing about this ride is the route always switches. So you can go and look and see what the route is. It's in a super hilly section of Madison. So the in terms of like the the actual elevation, you're constantly going up and down most of the ride. So it's really tough. And five minutes into the ride, it's pretty windy. And there's already echelons that are going across the road, like crossing the yellow line into the oncoming lane. So that's not a great place to start, right? And the thing about this ride is it every single hill you get to turns into an absolute race. So as you're riding along, like there's nobody that's like really pulling through or pace lining. Some people will go on the front for a little while that are really strong and aren't worried about it. But for the most part, because of that, the ride is bunches and accordions like constantly throughout the entire ride. And, and so like I, I don't have I shouldn't say I, I don't really have an issue with that, like you know, every group ride is different. And this right. group ride is like, you know, we are going to it's we are a, going it's to a race. race. It's a race. It's, it's, a group it's supposed race. to be a yeah. race simulation. Sure. Um, that's fine. But, you know, well, I, I started having an issue when it's like it's getting dangerous. And it's like people are risking their lives and the lives of others yeah. to do a race simulation for nothing you get gold stars and feel goods yeah and so the thing is there's a couple guys on this ride that are super fast like insanely good really strong and well-known people in the community yeah well-known people in the wisconsin cycling community and they tend to just kind of chill out in the ride for most of the segments and then once we hit more of the difficult sections like the climbs they'll attack over the climbs and like full out, like, you know, attack, like trying to like break the group up. So all of a sudden the group is just like in shambles, like everybody's trying to get together and it tends to not really be much of a regroup. Like usually it's just like, you know, kind of like survival, like whoever can get back to the main group is it. But I think my real problem is this is always done at like the worst possible times. People are like attacking over the top of climbs into intersections. They're blowing stop signs. You know, especially I think it really bothers me when the group is kind of together and you get guys that like basically will attack in front of cars, which happened this last time. 
like they'll essentially like they'll they'll shoot a gap and maybe the next 10 guys will shoot a gap and then eventually somebody's got to decide to like not shoot the gap and like stay with the back section of the group and then you've got this whole back section of the group that's scrambling to get up to the ride and this just happened like again this was the first ride of the year and i you know you just see these people that have no regard for like the safety of the ride it's like and the problem is too a lot of these some of these guys are young that do this that like are attacking into intersections they're blowing stop signs but the people that are on the ride that have been doing the ride for a long time i'd say the people that should be like kind of taking control and shepherding the rides oftentimes are some of the biggest instigators like in terms of just having like no regard for like the actual safety of the ride and uh, you know we talked about this a little bit before too in that like i you know i i'm not a huge like you know i I get like that the cycling community is like is a community and like i sometimes i feel part of that and sometimes it's like whatever everybody's just kind of on their own but as a bike rider when you hear people like talk shit about cyclists and group rides and say like these people don't belong on the road a group ride like this is why people say that because you've got cars that can't pass you've got cars that are oncoming that have to like check up and like make sure nobody's like over the hill on the other side of the lane it's just like it's just a bad vibe you know and for the like the top couple dudes that are super strong that are like oh this is a great workout this is my race simulation I get it, dude. Like you want to have like some fun. You want to like throw down with the boys and like race. And like, I totally get that. But man, it just seems like the wrong place to do that. And some, I'm just surprised and maybe it has before, but like, I I have a hard time, you know, thinking that nobody's going to get hit by a car or like slide through an intersection and just be like sitting in the middle of the road while somebody comes up or over in a hill doing 55 miles an hour in a minivan full of people picking up Jimmy from soccer practice, trying to feed him Chick-fil-A, wife turned around in the car, and then nobody's paying attention to the road, you know? So, like, that's kind of my big my big problem with it. It's not, like, it's not the, like, format of the ride. Like, I don't care that it is a race simulation, but you got to have somebody that's just, like, being, like, hey, like, this is a race. You know, we're going to go hard. It's a drop ride. Sorry if you get dropped. But, like, no attacking in intersections. And also, too, like, calling people out, like, there was a couple times where it happened and like, I was like, nobody's going to say anything. Like nobody's going to like pull that guy aside and be like, bro, like, let's not do that again. Like nothing. So that was, I think my biggest issue with it is just like, yeah, dude, this is why group rides get, you know, bad raps. Yeah. So like it, it blows my mind that like stuff like that happens at a group ride, but yet the actual race simulation that was going on in Madison completely died out. It's like, oh, there's like the actually pra- a, the practice, crits. the practice crits. Yeah. completely died out. It's just like right. you're, you're looking for an actual race simulation. It is provided on a weekly basis, but you decide not to go. But yeah. you, this is OK for yeah. you to do. Like, yeah. it, that's, that's what kind of almost infuriates me, because like right. brazen dropouts put on an excellent uh, crit race, every practice crit every single week and nobody showed up. Right. But then, like, oh, but the gr- this group ride's okay for you to do and to use as a race simulation, but not the actual race simulation. Yeah, that that is. And, yeah, to kind of, like, further go into, like, what Ryan just brought up is that, like, in the Madison area, we used to have weekly practice crits. They used to be, like, Wednesday nights. And they went away because nobody would show up to them. We went to them a couple times. They were $5, I believe. Super yeah. cheap. It was $10 for... Oh, sorry, $10. If, so if you wanted to do Bs and As, which, like, if you did, raced As... You could right. jump into bees and just hang out. Like that's what right. I would do is I would just hang out and use it like as um like a warm up just because you get to like hang out in the group and stuff. I would be respectful and not like sprint, but 
you could go do it for 10 bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got two really good um, like races in one was like a warm up for bees. If you, you know, if you're in the, if you're like in one, two and three, you can warm up in bees and then race A's like the A's was actually a legit, like, you know, race simulation. Yeah. There was sure. like really fast guys that went and then it just, nobody showed up. Like people just stopped showing up and it's just like, this is an awesome race. It's on a closed course. It was like on a race course. Uh, it was on an actual race track. It was yeah. awesome. The course was fantastic. Right. And it's just like, nobody would show up and it's just like, it, this yeah. is infuriating that you're willing to do this out on open roads, risk your life literally, but you're not willing to do it on a close course put yeah. on by a great organization. Yeah, it's a bit ridic- ridiculous. And like, I know, you know, like I'm like rides are what they are. Like, you know, they just kind of naturally evolve over time. Some rides are just different, right? Like I talked about the dock ride. That's just how that ride is. It's never going to probably change as long as the same guys are going to it. But I, I just like, do not understand the point of a race ride. And I don't even call it a ride. It's just like a a race simulation on the road. You know, it does make a lot of sense if you are, you know, in a spot where the ride is relatively flat, you can kind of see whatever oncoming traffic is coming. Maybe it's even on like a little circuit to do like some simulation stuff there. But, you know, especially if you make the course specifically so you don't have to stop. Like we, we actually talked about doing like a oh, group right. ride thing on like a close on a, uh, a course that would not require right. you to have to stop or or if the intersection is a right hand turn and you can see oncoming traffic but you know with this ride the route changes every week like i was riding around this this uh this route and i was like i don't know where we're going like i've never ridden out here before and like i'd imagine i'm not the only one so to, like put people in that situation is just like I don't know, kind of ridiculous. I think it's, you know, again, it's it's part of the part of it is the terrain. It's up and down, it's up and down. You know, it's hard to have like a controlled pace line when you're out in, you know, these like the boonies where it's like it is like very rolling hills. And honestly, it's great terrain if you wanted to race. It is fun. It's super fun. And it is a, like I don't want to bra- like rag on the ride. Like it was a fun ride, but in terms of like, you know, just general safety, I think that's like my biggest thing with that ride too and you know, I'm sure people that like, some people probably listen to this and are like, oh, well, like you, you just got to like, you know, yeah, ride, he- ride, wrong, ride like, heads up and please, like, and please I, feel free to like reach out to us. Yeah, dude. If, like, if we're wrong and you have like, if you can explain to us why we're wrong, like, right. please do. We will read it off on the podcast and For say, sure. yes, we were wrong. But like, I don't think we're wrong. And especially because like, so I, I think we, and we discussed this, like, should we even talk about this? Because we're kind of, you know, we're, we're shit talking like part of the community and we're like well we have you know we have a platform you know with a following like it's it's almost our you know responsibility to, responsibility to say something about this because it, it is like wrong and as a community we should be better well i yeah i and i just think too it's like i think it's more of an opportunity to talk about like all right what whenever you're getting together like with a group of people for a group ride and a hard group ride like what like what is the goal here and if the goal is to make it a race and just like try to attack people and break away and stuff like, I don't know, that kind of just sounds like a race. Why don't we just organize a race? Why don't we like sanction or like, you know, and, and I get like races, they're not super easy to like sanction like that. But, you know, like at some point it's like, what's the goal here? And like, you know, the reason why a lot of group rides are, and I, I think there is an objective formula for a good group ride. Like yeah, there everybody is. has been on a good group ride where 
the front is super hard and it's an awesome ride. And if you want an awesome workout, you can like kill yourself pulling through. And in my mind too, it's like the point of a ride is like, there's no finish line. So like, why are you even trying to like attack the group and break away? Like, why don't you go to the front and just rip everybody's legs off? Like that's at least a little bit safer, right? Like if you hit the climb, it's like, what is the point of just sprinting and just annihilating everybody's chance of like getting over the climb in a semi, you know, group, right? Like go to the front and just like rip everybody's legs off. That's why I was thinking like for group rides, like if you are the best guy in the group ride, like you always hear about the guy who's like, yeah, he just sits on the front and then drops everyone. I was actually thinking of uh, when I was thinking of like, all right, who's like a group ride stud? And not, a, not in the sense of, like, they don't show up to race. This person does show up to race, and they crush it and races, too. But, like, the, some of the rides that I've been on, it's like, uh, you know, like the dock ride or some rides in the Milwaukee area, like Eric Hill, front of the podcast. I was actually just thinking yeah. Eric Hill, too. Eric I, I've heard a lot dude. of stuff about Eric Hill going to the um, the dock rides. Yeah. And and, just, people always say, like, oh, he just right. sits on the front. Right. Eric Hill will... He'll like go to the front and he'll just like sit on the front at 500 watts and everybody's bleeding out of their eyes. And like, yeah, that's super, that's like, that. and everybody's like, yeah, dude, Eric's strong. And he's shedding people out the yeah, back. Like and if you're the best guy at, at yeah. the group ride, that's what you do. Yeah. And sometimes Eric also does like split, split the group and he'll have like a breakaway and like he'll roll it with like a c- couple dudes off the front, but he doesn't do that by like sprinting into a stop sign yeah he'll roll he'll roll you know some good power off the front and hold it a couple people will go with and boom all of a sudden there's a couple people that are riding away from the main group and everybody's got to try to catch up there's nothing wrong with that like that's also a great like race kind of situation simulation right but we didn't get there by putting everybody's life in danger that's my point not even not even everybody's honestly it's not like with these groups it's really not the people in the front that I'm like super worried about when I, when I like think about this, it's the people that are like kind of struggling to stay in the back. And like, like I said, I'm, I'm no, like I'm not the fastest guy by any means on this group, not even close, but there are some dudes that it's like, they're kind of their first introduction to like the a group, the fast group. And they're, they're the ones, you know, if you ever watch like what goes on in the back of this group, yeah, these are the guys that are like diving through stop signs and shooting gaps to try to stay in front of cars because if they let a car go by and they let the group go up the road, they're done. And like, they don't want to be done. Like it's a ride. It's like, they, I want to finish with a fast group. Right. So that's kind of like what bothers me. It's like, yeah, dude, it's not the people out of the front that are like being dangerous. It's like, but they are making a dangerous environment for the people that are trying to stay with the group. Yeah. So yeah, that's my rant on group rides. That's our rant. Yeah, I don't mean to crap on this specific ride, but it's it's just a good example of one well, that I've been on for, recently that it's like, yeah, I don't think this is doing it right. I think especially for, you know, group rides are coming back. It's yeah. post-COVID. Stuff's opening up again. It's just like, let's, let's uh, remember that, you know, there is a perception of the cycling community um, that, to be honest, it's, prob- it's probably not already great. Right. It's just like stuff like that. It's just like, yep, I knew it they're they're jerks yeah you know, and it's just like it just ingrains that in people and it's just like yeah obviously i mean there was a time where the dock ride had the police called on them because right. they were being so dangerous you know it's just like let's not have a ride be called like have the the cops called on, on yeah them. it's just like you you gotta treat yourself as part of traffic um oh yeah and sometimes i, I almost wonder if that's why the route changes every week because it's like yeah i don't know like are they just trying to stay off the same roads or what? But 
yeah i mean if i mean yeah i've like that's a good point you know police do get called on these rides sometimes like if people are feeling like it's dangerous and that it's not very well controlled like it i have heard of stories where police have like pulled rides over and given people tickets like no no joke like actually like whipped out and been like I don't know what they're violating, what the law is, but like, you know, a lot of times it is blowing stop signs and it's just like, it's enough or it happens enough for the police to like finally do something about it. Like you guys need to follow the laws. You're not above the law. You know, you can't blow stop sign, just be a stop sign just because you think you're fast and you got to break away. That's kind of, yeah. And it's, it's, it's just so stupid to me. Yeah. And yeah. And you know what? Maybe this is, maybe in some sense, this is like, uh, the unfortunate um, result of not having enough races, to be honest. Like, if you really think about it, it's like maybe the reason why like group rides get racier and like more dangerous is because people just don't have like quite that fix like they used to. I mean, especially over the last year, right? I mean, there's no racing on the calendar in Wisconsin. Yeah. Hardly any. This year, so, there's like no racing. I think there was yeah. the Muskego crit um, and even, that happened even over befo- last weekend. But I think besides that, it's just two of America's Dairyland. Yeah. And even before that, you know, every year there was be less and less races on the calendar. Yeah. In some sense, I think this is just kind of like part of that problem is people want to get their racing fix and they they got to feel the need to do it somewhere and you know all you used to be able to race saturday and sunday and then you were doing training you know like tuesday or thursday so like there was not really that need to like murder yourself on on the week the weekend or sorry the weeknight ride but yeah i mean now that a lot of that racing is gone people are legitimately taking some of these rides like it is the race i want to finish in the front we are going to sprint into the brewery parking lot ride or the parking lot which is a 90 degree corner and let's see who gets there first and yeah it's kind of a bummer and in, in some sense like i have a hard time blaming people right because a racer likes to race you know you want to get that fixed so that's really the solution we just need to bring more racing back there you go it all comes back around to it. easy i easy. mean that's where i'm gonna throw out uh why don't you just get on zwift that's where ryan's Zwift. At. That's, that's what we've been ryan doing is. well that's what we've been doing we've been zwift racing We've been preparing. It hits my fix, I'll tell you. Yeah, I get a good fix out of Zwift racing. It's yeah, it's it's not the same. It's definitely different, but definitely like kind of shaves that like competitive edge. Yeah, Um, honestly, I what what I learned is from from like all this indoor stuff is like I get a competitive fix whether it's indoors or outdoors. Like I just like being competitive. Yeah, for sure. You know, it doesn't matter where it is. If I'm if I if I have the chance to beat someone else, like I'm just gonna. I'm you gonna, gonna do go it. for it. You yeah, I'm go gonna for do it. for it. Absolutely, I'm gonna do it. So that's yeah. Let's end on a happier note, though. Let's do that. Let's okay. So um, so let's say name one thing you think is a crucial part of I don't know um the entire. So I so before I kind of said oh you know the most crucial tool or equipment for like triathlon is shoes. What do you think sure. is the overall most crucial piece of equipment, whether it be on the bike, off the bike, um, you know, any anything, any odd or end that's not like the straightforward bike, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I think my like crucial piece of equipment is having some kind of dedicated space to train. So and, that's a good one. Yeah. And, and the way I describe that is like in the last like two years, I actually, I didn't re- like over the last two winters, like the winter of 2018 and the winter of 2019, 
or sorry, 2019 and 2020. Um, like I didn't really have like a great spot to like train. Like I lived in an apartment. I couldn't really train super well in my apartment. So I, you know, it was just like a hard, kind of hard to like build really good fitness. Cause I was always having to like think of interesting ways to like get out and train. And it made me have to do like a lot of outdoor, outdoor riding when it was like probably way too cold to do outdoor riding. Um, and like not super fun. So I think this year I had more of a dedicated space where I could just always go and train like no matter when, when, wherever, you know, or sorry, whenever I had time, I could go and do it. And like, there's something about just having like a space that it's like, all right, the bike's on the trainer, bottles over here. There's no excuses. I can get on the bike whenever I need to and do some training, get off and it'll be there for the next time that I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to uh, say for me a dedicated um like stand or something that you can have right next to your bike when you're indoor training yeah and then also to and also to match that too a good source of entertainment i always see because i always see i see pictures of this all the time and it's always the people that are just like indoor training sucks how does anyone do this and it's just like they're like in a garage like a gross garage that's just like claustrophobic because it's just cluttered and stuff they have like a three by two foot space that's like where their trainer is their laptops like at a 90 degrees to the left of them and they're just staring at a wall and it's just like Uh yeah no wonder you don't like it you know (laughs) but when you have so like we have the the bike stand or the tool stand right next to Anna and I's bikes uh, that's where we keep my laptop. Mm-hmm. That's also where we keep like our water bottles. And then in front of us, we have a TV. Um, so we're watching stuff. You know, yesterday when we were training, we were vibing out to some workout music. Uh, we were both doing the same workout. So it was kind of like in between. We're like, yeah, we got it, bro. That's right. <laughs> bro. But yeah. like, yeah, just having just having like the proper like stuff to keep and organize your indoor equipment yeah. like having the laptop that's Dude, connected to the tv I, so you can switch between yeah. youtube videos so you can switch between music and stuff like that goes like the entertainment system let's say the whole the entertainment, entertainment system, setup yeah. is where like people are, people spend like nine thousand dollars on a I, bike but can't buy like a proper tv to watch i'll tell you what there was a winter where i even had a a good enough setup where i could and it's i'm not going to describe it but let's just say i was able to play like video games on my laptop while doing zone two rides on my trainer and i would just do all these like three hour rides because i would just be plugging away doing like this video game that was like it was just a perfect thing to be doing while i was like kind of just doing mindless hours on zwift and all of a sudden i'd look up and be like holy crap i've been on the bike for two hours already like i'm almost done with this ride um, so like, I totally agree. If you have a nice enough setup, you got to kind of trick yourself into doing work, especially in the winter when you're not really, when you're supposed to be doing some of those like longer base miles and you don't want to go outside. It's like, yeah, you just got to have the right setup. That's all it is. Yeah. And I'm already thinking about with our new place, like how am I going to organize my pain cave so that I can have like the TV, the laptop. Um, now that I'm going to start doing, you know, the vlogs and stuff, I want my webcam aimed right at me so oh, that yeah. I can I can do like little video montage. What one thing I want to do is take like a small um, recording of like every workout, mm, you yeah. know, and then just kind of have some inspirational music and then like have you know it's it's just like an int- or like a motivational workout video essentially that's like a couple minutes long, music and then like the workout 
and it's just kind of a quick splurge from the workout you know it's just yeah just fun stuff man it's fun stuff it's fun stuff yeah i don't know yeah yeah that's 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 why i say it's just have like that dedicated space for your stuff to make working out easier you can spend nine thousand dollars on a bike you can put some money towards that's right. A spend, proper spend environment. Some coin, make yeah. it worth it. Proper environment. That's what. That's what I'll proper say. Proper environment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's great. That is uh, where we'll leave off. Um, man, it feels great to not have the uh, CCNA or have the wedding behind us. That's right. Hopefully, more podcasts, you know, more, more podcasts, con- more content. I down. feel great now. <laughs> we're we're gonna get the ball rolling for everything that we got going on summer, and trust us, we got some big plans for the summer. So. Stay tuned. Make sure that you uh, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on all your favorite uh, social channels. Uh, reach out to us. Tweet at us. Send us a DM. Check out the Twitter. Rick's yeah. been hitting it uh, hard recently. Just um, you know, just I trolled him today a little uh, bit. The little yeah. get good, bro. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You were right. You know, I, I was burned. But but yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, until next time, take it easy, and we'll see you later.